Hello and welcome back into the Time Vortex once again. I am your host, the Tom Lord Victorious, and I am joined by Dalek's secondary host himself, Callum. Hi. And for a very special treat for you today, we have a very special guest joining us on the show, who we haven't actually given a Doctor Who nickname yet, Callum. Oh, no. I've, I've got some ideas. I'm, I'm willing to let him uh, let him obviously have some participation in this, mm-hmm. but my, my money in, for my money's worth, I'm, I'm voting for... Uh, cyber pain. It's Nick Payne. <laughs> oh. Hello, hello. It's, it's cyber pain, as you just called me. Yep, cyber pain. That's in now. That's stuck. You see, I, I, think, I, I feel, feel that would be the case. I think that sticks just because of the technical issues. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it does actually. Cyber pain is definitely the uh, the word of the day. Um, but yeah, so Nick, before we start, I'm going to ask you what I asked Callum in episode one and what I talked about in episode one, and that is our previous experiences with the franchise okay. um so yeah please uh, please do uh, just uh, tell us what your experiences i feel like this is going to be quite a quite an exhausting not an exhausting but like a very exciting tale so i'm gonna hand jesus, over jesus all right him. <laughs> <laughs> um I, my first experience was te- it's technically in 2005 with the first episode rose where i saw mickey being eaten by a dustbin mm-hmm. and then i saw also in the week after in the end of the world the janitor not janitor the um plumber lady when she was talking okay. to rose yep. she got sucked into the uh, vents by the uh, robot spiders and also i think we also i also saw the christmas invasion but it wasn't until yep. i saw the idiot's lantern i didn't really i only saw those three episodes or parts of those three episodes and then when the idiot's lantern aired i watched most of that and i got into the show through that episode and it went on through there. Oh, really? Well, I didn't. I honestly, I expected you were going to say you had like a long, rich, the way that, because you, you're such a connoisseur of Doctor Who, if you don't mind me saying, that you're very sort of. Yeah, well, it's my first, uh, Idiot's Lantern was when I saw it in 2006. So when that episode aired. So I've been a connoisseur, as you say, for the last, uh, later yeah. this year, 15 years, almost. 15 Wow, yeah, I suppose that is that long now, isn't it? My goodness, yeah, that's, that's mad. May, 20, um, May 2021. <laughs> I was um, two, I was seven when it aired in 2006. Oh, wow. So I'm going to be 22 in May. So. But I think it's quite interesting, like, because, again, because it shows, really, that, like, it doesn't matter where you step into this franchise, you can learn it, and, like, and, and yeah. if you engross yourself and embrace it, you can really, you can really make it, like, part of yeah. your like dna in a way because like i feel like when i first met you and i, I saw your first like because nick has a youtube channel which yeah. is uh we'll be plugging later at the end but he um <laughs> he does a lot of doctor who reviews i believe haven't you just or you've nearly done every single season of doctor who and uh, yeah i've actually got a couple of channels one of them has covered all of seasons one to 33 which is series seven of the revised series and then the main channel is doing everything from series eight so I've done series eight, series nine to come up. I've technically already done ten, eleven, and twelve when they first broadcast, but I'm gonna do a three uh, revisitation ones, especially for series ten because it's been a while since that series aired. But yeah, some opinions might change for ten and eleven. Yeah, but series nine is coming up soon, and that's gonna, that's gonna, that's it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> That's a conversation for episode like 290 or whatever it is when we get to that, you know. So we'll get to there. We're on, this is episode four, and today we're talking about the missing episode, Marco Polo. Um, but before we get into Marco Polo, there's just one more thing I want to ask, which I did ask Callum in the first episode as well. I know we're, we're desperate to get on, but what is who is your favourite Doctor? Uh, and what is your favourite season 
of uh, Doctor Who. Obviously, you've seen more than we have. Yeah. You've seen the classic ones as well, which we're working through now. Yeah. So, what do you? What is your favourite? Your favourite favourite? Well, technically, my favourite Doctor. To answer the first question, is Matt Smith, the eleventh Doctor. Um, he's yeah. always been a favourite. He's always been very high up on the list. But um, after watching a, um, all the eras um, in in a marathon from mid twenty eighteen um, or August September twenty eighteen, um, yeah, he's still up there. I think he gets a bit misrepresented by some fans or misinterpreted because he is he's got the reputation for being one of the sillier doctors, and that is kind yeah. of it's kind of true. Yeah, he is quite silly but he's also got some pretty dark and serious moments one of my favorite moments is in a uh, good man goes to war where he uh he's keeping his cool but he's definitely shows he's very cross when he's talking to colonel man uh, manson manson and madame kavarian yeah and yeah he's, he's very good at that actually matt smith he's what he's even when he is being funny it's still like got this dark edge to it and again when we get there it one's more like i think 200 episodes away when we get there we'll we'll uh we'll go into that i'm sure for yeah. ourselves but yeah, that's good so yeah. would you is your favorite season one of matt smith's or is uh, it a different one no my favorite series overall is series four which is david Tennant's third or season 30 um, that is literally that's all four of us or all three of us i, I can count all yeah. three of us said that series, yeah, literally series Callum four. said exactly the same thing yeah I said series four. That yeah. is, I think, across the board so far. It's a good season. Yeah, um, I'm also um, pretty, um, quite strongly keen on. I'm. Uh, this is positive, by the way. I'm very keen on seasons thirteen and twenty six, which are Tom Baker's thir- uh, second and Sylvester McCoy's third and final. Okay. And I'm hoping that series thirteen follows that pattern of the thirteenth se- uh every thirteenth season, seasons thirteen season 26 season 39 or series 13 hopefully that's going to be another strong season it's only going to be eight episodes long isn't it yeah this season as well yeah, this is going to be the shortest episode um, length good um or even seven episodes mm. in a special so hopefully it's going to iron out some of the issues from series 11 and 12 because they do have issues they're not terrible but they've got issues they're not perfect so hopefully it's going to it's going to iron out some of those and it's going to be the the be- at least the best of the three so far hopefully yeah, and I also well, say that. Here's yeah. Open for that. yeah, I also really like series one, three, and five. They're very good series, um, and yeah. and there's quite a few yeah. classic seasons that are really good. Um, season seven is uh, is brilliant. That's uh, the first one with John Pertwee. Um, Tom Baker's first three are all brilliant, um, and I think season twenty two is very under underrated. I don't know if I'd say it's one of my favourites, but I find that very underrated. That's the first one with Colin Baker. I'll do a quick um my thoughts on season one a quick thing about what's coming up with the next couple of seasons and then we'll get into market polo yeah okay. the first episode of an earthly child is really good it's a bit slow but i think it does a good job i think the pilot episode version that they were going to have the original version they're going to have was a bit weaker if you've guys seen that version if you've just seen the actual transmitted version that's the better version um the rest of the story i don't think is that particularly strong but that first episode on its own is really good the Daleks, I think, gets off to a bit of a slow start with the first episode. It gets better, and then it slows down again in the middle, but then it picks itself up in the last episode. Overall, a good a good episode, but it is a bit too long. It's an episode or two too long. It should have been five or six episodes instead of seven. Yeah, I really like Edge of Destruction. That's a really good one. I, um, I'll come back to Marco Polo, because that's the topic of this um, uh, podcast. Yep. Um, Keys of Marinus. I really like the Keys of Marinus. That's one of my favourite First Doctor stories, as is the Aztecs, which follows. Those two are really good. 
Sensor Rights is okay, not too worried about that one, but it's good. I'm not a big fan of the Reign of Terror, I think it's not that great. Some good production values, but it's not that great of a story. I also find the two animated episodes that they did in 2012-13 uh, for the 2013 uh, DVD release, it's supposed to be in 2012, it was delayed a few weeks. Um, sorry, a few months from October 12 to January 13. The animation on those two episodes is terrible. Those, are, In my opinion, those are the worst two animated episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I was wondering that, yeah. and we'll get into this in a later episode. So the animation does they, get better? Yeah, um, well, they've got different stu uh, animation studios. But in terms of the, um, okay. in terms of the story's um, order... Because each animation is done at different times. The Invasion was technically the first yeah. one. And the most recent one has yeah. been Fury from the Deep. But uh, they're going to go back and do Web of Fear Episode 3 next, which is the story before. But in terms of the stories release, okay. Reign of Terrors is currently the first. The only one that would probably go in front of it would be Marco Polo if they ever did that. But yeah, I yeah. didn't like the animation. It's weird they haven't, they haven't done Marco Polo yet. Yeah, it's seven episodes. It is seven episodes. There's a lot of characters. There's a lot of um, costumes. And um, the audio might not be that uh, top-notch. So they're probably going to wait a bit to do that if they're even going to be able to. Well, we're, we're into the show now. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we've got to know a little bit about who uh, Cyber Payne is himself. <laughs> so let's segue now into... Marco Polo, shall we? Woo! <laughs> I just realised that uh, Cyberpain was a pun on his name. I didn't realise <laughs> that until I looked on Zoom and just saw his last name. I was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was... It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a dig at, like, the technical No, I just didn't get it. Was <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool nickname. Okay. So, episode four, Marco Polo, Woo! The Missing, the first dreaded missing episode. Yeah, all seven episodes are missing. Yeah, that is the, that's the strange thing, but do you know why they're missing? Because um, well, apparently there was some, some behind-the-scenes drama with this, and that yeah. was part of the problem. Well, so. not so much behind the scenes when the story was being made, but uh, around the mid to late 1960s, um, the BBC started wiping tape, not tape, um, film, the archives, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, started yeah. wiping films um, from programmes in the mid to late 60s and the 1970s so they could create more storage. And they weren't as... Um, yeah. They didn't do preservation as much back then. They didn't keep them um, as much for the future. So they got rid of episodes of Doctor Who amongst other programmes. Dad's Army is notably missing three episodes from its second season. Zed Cars is missing a few. ITV is also a bit yeah. guilty of this. They wiped a couple of episodes of the Avengers TV series. Uh, I think oh, wow. it's mainly yeah. from the earlier ones, um, with the first two seasons, I think, have got a couple of missing episodes. Um, some of the later ones are probably a little less affected. Doctor Who is a special case because many fans recorded the audio of the episodes when they were being broadcast on their own little home uh, cassette tapes. Um Bit like yeah. think video recording, but only with the audio, uh, yeah. with the cassettes, and many Doctor Who fans have recorded audios or only versions of the story, so they could listen to them um, back because uh, repeats weren't a thing until uh, that weren't a thing that often. Uh, they only started really coming a thing in the seventies or eighties. Maybe you get an ominous edition of a John Pertwee or Tom Baker story, but not as many repeats really happened until I don't know the eighties. Now we're a bit yeah. spoilt with repeats on 
if not on BBC Three, which before it went online only, you've we've also got UT, UK TV um, Gold, which is now W, oh, yeah. I, which is now W, I think. Um, yeah. And drama had a few, a couple okay, at times. And back in 2012-2013, horror put some on for a few years. Mm. And in fact, I watched quite a few classic stories for the first time, thanks to horror. Um, yeah, well, we have quite a lot. I mean, that, this was before, obviously, now. They, like, say, Britbox has them all. Yeah, but... not to mention all of the video, DVD and Blu-ray releases. Well, yeah, that's, I remember that was my yeah. first experience. I've got some classic ones, like the, the yeah. few classic ones I've seen up till now. Yeah, and now we've... Yeah, and we've like even... DVDs, like the, the same, yeah. like those, that design with, like, the, the old logo, the blue logo on it. I remember that yeah. very distinctly. Yeah, and also um, there's yeah. the um, the audio soundtrack versions of the stories are also being released on CD now, uh, CD and download. Yeah, we uh, actually I've got I've got a note on that later actually. So, yeah, do you know the story of this very well? Do you want to tell us what happens in um, it, or do you want me to do it from the one off Wikipedia? Well, <laughs> well with Marco Polo, I'll go with. Uh, if you do a summary, I could probably elaborate on a bit more. Okay, yeah, sure. So I'll just read. It's only three small paragraphs here, so I'll just yeah. read this out. I do this every week anyway for context for anyone who hasn't seen the yeah. episode. So. Marco Polo, and I might pronounce some of this horribly wrong, so just bear with me here. (laughs) Arriving in Central Asia in 1289, the Doctor and his companions join the caravan of the famous explorer Marco Polo as it makes its way from the snowy heights of the Pamaya Plateau across the treacherous Gobi Desert and through the heart of the Imperial Cathay. Having witnessed many incredible sights and survived a variety of dangers, they eventually arrive at the mighty... Kablai Khan's summer palace in Shangtu, where the Doctor strikes up an extraordinary friendship with the now-aged ruler. They move on at last to the even more sumptuous Imperial Palace in Peking, where the travellers manage to save the Khan from an assassination attempt by the Mongol warlord Tegana, uh, supposedly in a peace mission before departing once more in the TARDIS. It doesn't sound like it needed to be seven episodes long, that, but sure. No, that, um, no, that the, yeah, the journey takes about ooh, five episodes, and they arrive there wow. towards the end of episode five, sometime, or, in, or sometimes in episode six. Um, mm. it, uh, I think it's Peking, which is now modern-day Beijing. Um, okay. And it's, yeah. Uh, Peking would have been London, so yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Peking. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. a funny name, though. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, it does take about five episodes or so to get across the desert. All their perils and journeys they have, and then episodes six and seven focus on um, when they're in um, in the palaces and meeting Cooper Khan and Tigana's attempts to kill the Khan and trying to fight Ian. Um, and there's a story about how Marco Polo is bringing this uh, girl called uh, Yoncho. Um, she might be in the cast list if I got the wrong if I got the name wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, is it Pingcho? Yeah, that's her. Uh, Pingcho. Yeah. Um, she's being brought to the Khan to be um, his new wife. Uh, yeah. Uh, age differences aside, because that they, they, they were just like that back in the 12th century, um, and yeah. in other countries. It sounds ridiculous these days, but um, yeah, she's being brought to be his new wife or a new wife, um, because they would also they may also have several other ones. Um, and they're traveling across the desert. Episode one sees the, the TARDIS team after the end of the Edge of Destruction. They go outside and they find a giant footprint, 
which does not belong to a giant or the abominable snowmen. Those appear in season five. Um, they instead okay. find yeah, the Marco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and in Tibet, so a little bit uh, further west. But um, they, this, it turns out that it's the Marco Polo group, and they um, are forced to join the group because Marco Polo decides that the TARDIS, or the caravan as they call it in the episode, as to disguise its real function, um, shall be the, um, the Kublai Khan's gift from Marco Polo. Much to the Doctor and Company's annoyance, and they are, are trying to get it back. Um, Marco Polo has the key for most of the episodes. Um, so they go with him so that they can make sure they get their TARDIS back at the end. Um, and so they all probably... Ha it's probably a long travel in real life. It was probably several months. Um, yeah. Across the desert and up to the palace. So the TARDIS team probably spent quite a lot of time with Marco Polo. And there are, in the story, there are several events that happen, including uh, assassina assassination attempts, um, um, betrayals. Tagana definitely shows himself... Whether in episode one or episode two, he definitely proves himself to be the villain of the story pretty early on. So it's not a surprise. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's not a fan of them either, I don't think. And yeah, he's got his plans. He's a warlord and he's got his plans to do some evil things. And there's a couple of times where yeah. he tries to kill off the TARDIS team. I believe episode three, the, um, the Cave of Eyes, um, Wall of Eyes, something along those lines, um, has... The cliffhanger at the end of episode two, start of episode three, has either Barbara or Susan in a cave system, and there's these eyes watching them, and it's where some of the assassins are hiding. Um, there's also some assassination attempts on the camp. Tigana tries to get rid of the water, um, and there's a sandstorm at some point around the middle, uh, episode three, four, five. Yeah, I saw that because there's a documentary on YouTube about uh, about Marco Polo, and they, they had some of the stills, the production tickets. Obviously, you've you've actually yeah. seen. I don't think we've said this on air, but you told me before we started. Yeah, you've seen the the like they did like with the stills. They made like a recreation of it, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, um, and you've seen you've seen it. Yeah, so they, yeah. That must on be the... on the Edge of Destruction DVD, there's a half hour cut down reconstruction, which I find is a bit silly because. It's seven episodes of 25 minutes, so that's nearly three hours, and they've managed yeah. to condense it to 30 minutes. I don't think that's enough. But I've also seen... Yeah, I feel like yeah. I've also seen Loose Cannon's reconstruction, full reconstructions of these episodes, as well as most of the other episodes, and also reconstructions of other episodes by um, another company um, that I couldn't find Loose Cannon ones for. But most of the episode reconstructions right. I've seen are by Loose Cannon. They did them around late 90s and early 2000s. The Evil of the Daleks reconstruction especially is really good. Um, they went all out with that one. But that's another, that's yeah. a story for another day. That's season that four. That certainly is. Um, did but, you know, I've got some fun facts about this episode, actually, yeah. while we're here. Um, did you know that this story was the first ever Radio Times front cover for a Doctor Who story? Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure which that's episode it would have been. Deal. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure which week it would have been, but it was one of those weeks. Marco Polo was the first one. Yeah. And yeah. it was also so in that's it was also in colour. The um the mm. photo. So you would have uh, seen the set in colour, which was in the docudrama An Adventure in Space and Time, Verity Lambert um expressed her regret that it was not in colour. Yeah, Although, we're actually doing yeah. uh, a review of that at the end of the first Doctor's um Yeah. Uh 
te- tenure, if yeah. tenure on the on the thing. We're going to get to that as like it's a nice way to see out Hartnell. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a that's a yeah. great. One fun fact about the reconstruction by Loose Cannon is that there is a colour version. And hmm. I actually saw the colour version because the black and white version doesn't have... I couldn't find the first two episodes of black and white of the black and white version. So the colour version is in full on... Um, it's on daily motion for most of the reconstructions by Loose Cannon as well as a few extras including ones they've done... Um, animated episodes for since and also a couple extras like documentaries and behind the scenes featurettes um on the daily motion channel i used for most of the re- re- um, reconstruction episodes um they didn't have all of the black and white ones but they did have all of the color ones hmm. so it's kind of interesting so, like this will yeah. never the way that we live now with hard drives and the way yeah. that things are backed up and like digital and all that this yeah. kind of thing will never happen again no and it's amazing like to think it's this it's kind of yeah. In a way, it's kind of its own kind of novelty that it did happen. It's annoying that it happened, but it's also kind of like only Doctor Who will probably ever have this. Well, and obviously the ones you've mentioned, like Avengers and stuff like that. But yeah. Like, the yeah. thing that's gone on this long, particularly, that has these fans that, you know, we're yeah. looking now, we're in a situation where in another 40 years, Doctor Who will be looking at its 100th anniversary and having uh, people yeah. 100 years on going, yeah. oh, I wish I could see Marco Polo. Yeah. That's mental. Like, you, they never yeah. thought well, when they were just going, oh, just delete that. No one wants it. That would get here. Well, you yeah. know? Well, you <laughs> so, never know. Maybe, maybe they'll have animated Marco Polo sometime in the next 40 years. Technology could improve enough to allow them to animate several characters in the same frame with different costumes mm. every other couple minutes who knows that i mean, it's, I mean yeah it's like if yeah that's that's a disney budget on it that'd yeah be sorted <laughs> yeah I mean, that's mainly their reasons why the crusade which is in the next season isn't getting animated anytime soon because there's so many characters so many costumes so many places that was the reason i heard yeah. why that one wasn't being done or at least not yet anyway so maybe if there's a bit more budget or technology involved, maybe then they may be able to do something like that on a and on a larger scale because that's only two episodes or four episodes if they have to do the whole thing. Um, but two episodes if yeah. they're only doing the missing ones. This is seven episodes. So yeah, well, the background every, probably won't be too every difficult week in the first couple. Yeah, every week in Doctor Who and this includes uh this episode actually apparently there's yeah. always i've noticed we've, we've noticed as we've gone along there's always like a lesson of the week and it normally comes from the doctor but it has come from me in before and stuff like that it's kind of like because obviously it's meant to be an educational program yeah. for kids and they obviously stick that in really force it in sometimes to make it happen <laughs> yeah. but i think i don't know what it because obviously we can't watch uh this episode but i think it comes from my girl i've got a bit of a bit of a crush on this girl susan <laughs> who uh, literally, it's, it's a thing, like the other episodes, we, we talk about it all the time. Uh, but basically, um, <laughs> Callum's getting fed up of hearing about her, to be honest. Um, <laughs> every fucking week. But, um, no, I'm sorry. I can't, every week she gives me more reasons to fall in love with her. Anyway, so uh, she says in this, ep- this is a quote from the BBC website itself. So if this is wrong, blame the BBC. But apparently in this episode, she says towards the end, one day... We'll all know the secrets of the skies and we'll stop our wanderings. I feel like that is probably the lesson of the episode is to sort of stop, uh, I think, you know, like... Yeah, I think throughout the episode, the story, if I remember correctly, she's with Ping Cho a lot. They're pretty good friends. And Ping Cho mm-hmm. has kind of anxieties about marrying the um, the Emperor because mm. he's the Emperor and he's, very, he's a lot older. And Susan's kind of like her comfort. And I suppose they talk about... How the princess should have her own way, uh, not princess, a pink show should have her own uh, future, how it shouldn't be too much decided by anybody else, it should be her that follows it, 
and she can be with whoever mm. she wants if things don't go well. Um, it's a very sort of so forward-thinking bit... thing, considering it's yeah. in the sixties. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it's quite a quite a bold thing to do, actually. I imagine at the yeah. time. I, I think, yeah, at least that's what I think that's what it was. It's been a while since I've last seen these, this story. Um, or the yeah. reconstruction version, anyway. Because uh, the, the, the original episodes, I think, only got shown once in the UK on their initial broadcast and then just got stored yeah. and then they were junked. Although, we're lucky they yeah. got the photo stills that we can line up, uh, line up with the recorded audio from the fans this episode uh, i have found courtesy of that bbc website i've managed yeah. to find for this episode some continuity th- um things that apparently are kind of important or kind of like little okay. easter eggs for going forward what happens obviously we haven't seen because the episode doesn't exist so yeah apparently uh one let me just get it up here so, one burnt out circuit in the tardis deactivates the lights water supply and heating Condensation okay. forms in the interior as it would inside any box in a hot climate. Uh, clim- <laughs> climate. Wow. Uh, the broken circuit also stopped exterior temperatures affecting the interior. The Doctor couldn't create another TARDIS, at least not with the resources of 13th century Venice. Which is very interesting because in the continuity, the Doctor couldn't create another TARDIS. Ke- they keep saying in this season, and I get it, they didn't yeah. know. But it is funny to look back now and see how many times the Doctor goes, well, the TARDIS was, yo, my machine was built. It's not alive, it's a machine. Like He literally yeah. refers to it as a machine and how it was yeah, built. But then um, later on, David Tennant's like, they're grown. And yeah. it's very interesting that he's constantly battling that at the moment. Yeah. In, <laughs> like, the, um, in the 1960s, well, this is obviously when they're starting to work out the character. But in the 1960s, the writing of the... The writing of the character was they weren't certain whether to go with the established uh, writing as an alien or a human being from the far future who created this machine himself. It's only once you get to the war games, the final story of season six and the Patrick Troughton era, which you'll get to later on, is that they confirm he's an alien and the TARDIS is from his home planet, which is in season 11 later revealed to be known as Gallifrey. And in season seven, it's confirmed he's got two hearts and he's got alien... Uh, blood stuff, etc. And then throughout and several more seasons later, you get um, different changes that either change the law that's come before and or set up new law. So Deadly Assassin is a key um, notable story of, of, of kind of changing a few things that then lays down the, the established law for the rest of the classic series. Um, that's midway through season... Yeah, that's midway through it season 14. It is interesting. 14. It is interesting how it does that because it basically yeah. takes the idea of like, like it has to like it retcon some stuff, but it does it in a way that's not like yeah. detrimental. It's like, not like some of the more recent it, but it's ones. Like, well, yeah, well, yeah, but um, there's certain bits of it that like, you yeah. know, it, it's quite funny knowing what we know now, but you wouldn't think about it looking back. You'd just go, okay, yeah, but like there's things they say now that obviously yeah. show they didn't have that plan originally initially. Yeah, I, I so heard yeah, when. Anyway, yeah, I heard when Deadly Assassin aired, people were furious about the changes they've made but cut to say the end of the classic series season 26 it's probably established law by then well yeah exactly and then now again i think that's what chris chibson was trying to do in modern who but anyway the doctor can play backgammon well but loses his bet (laughs) with uh khan over the tardis he can ride he can horse ride and has back trouble as a result he also has problems with high altitudes and lack of water, and lack and likes bean sprout soup. The um the um, back the so back yeah. the back thing actually plays a thing into when he meets Kubla and um, Kubla Khan for the first time because he's unable to uh, bow. Um, he's unable to yeah. bow to the emperor, 
um, which oh, I see. everybody around him is getting really annoyed about. But eventually they become friends within a few minutes. But the doctor, having back trouble, isn't able to bow. And he complains about his back trouble and everyone else is going, Oh, you have to bow to the emperor. And he's like, oh, my back's... <laughs> my back I can't bow very far because I feel like my that back. would have been a really 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 strong Hartnell moment as well though. oh yes. so <laughs> um, yeah yeah, yeah well, and then he makes also Barbara knows a lot of Buddhist history Ian can ride sword fight isn't very good at chess and knows lots of O level science things plus <laughs> the fact that bamboo brings in fire uh, bangs um, in fire he well, might have travelled abroad probably on his national service see the web planet oh that's a little spoiler there uh, yeah. Susan uses words like fab and is surprised by the idea of arranged marriages. She's had oh, yeah. many homes in many places. Yeah, the which, arranged again, marriage. Again, I was saying this. I want, I want Susan to come back. I think they need to do something with the Susan character again, not just because it's yeah. Susan, but because yeah. have you seen there's Dar- a lot they could explore yeah. in there now. Yeah. Have you seen Invasion Earth yet? No, no, no. That's, okay, that's coming end- up for us next week, I think. Yeah, because uh, um, spoiler: the Doctor at the end of that story. Because I don't know if you know that, um, which story she leaves in. But, oh, no, 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 let's not go into that. Okay, I, that I won't spoil it, but I'll say... Any... Okay, I won't, I won't spoil which story it is, but at the end of said story, the Doctor claims that they will be back. Well, she can most likely regenerate, right? Yeah. So, like, they could use it, they can get someone else in and be like, that's Susan now, and they can make yeah. it work, I'm sure. Well, and if I ever get to be Doctor Who showrunner, it will happen. Well, yeah. Uh, I have to say, Nick, I think we're running out of time. I'm going to have to say, I think it's been it's been a great talking to you today. <laughs> Callum, have you got anything you'd like to add? Um, because me and Nick have kind of stolen this one, sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry. Um... um What's the deal with Ian's dressing gown in the start of the next episode? <laughs> uh, yes, it's uh, yeah, the, just the, the costume. The bloody dressing gown. It's uh, the Chinese costumes, yeah, but, I think. Okay. Oh, so he, does he get? He gets given it during the. Th- he's always wearing something ridiculous. That man. Um, yeah. Uh, he, he irritates me. He's my least favorite. I think really? actually at this point. Um, okay. Um, yeah. In, I, I uh, think he'll get. In that case, I, I think you'll probably like him as he as he goes along later on. He's definitely the character who has to be the more action. Uh, action man character i'm sure they all mature and grow and you know into different like they have arcs and stuff i'm sure this will be this i'm gonna eat these words i'm sure and i'm hoping i'm him and susan sounded like they were trying to segue out at one point i was like where are you going stop don't do that <laughs> so anyway um nick it's been great having you um we'll probably be having you back at some point for some episodes down the okay. line there's probably more missing episodes oh, yeah, that haven't even quite... been animated so it'd be great yeah. to have you for those yeah um because you're literally just like a, a fact file on doctor who which is what we like Thanks. um so nick now we've got all the way to the end you can have your you, i'm gonna let you plug now tell us where we can find you on your um, youtube channels and all that for us please um I'm, i've got a couple of youtube channels but my main one is simply nicholas Payne. um there's i know there's some other people have gone by that name as well on youtube but my profile picture has me in front of a gold Dalek, which I uh, took at, oh, um, very fitting. which was taken at the Sudbury Hall and Childhood Museum in Derbyshire um, back last year, I think. No, not last year, 2019. Um, um, so that's my profile picture. I've also got other channels, Nicholas Payne Bonus Channel, Nicholas Payne Audio and Nicholas Payne Retro. Um, they're not as um, high profile as the other one. The main one is simply just Nicholas Payne. Um, and I'm also mm-hmm. part of this YouTube channel called The Hooniversals, which is a collaboration channel. And we also have a second channel called The Tooniversals. Um, but the main one to uh, to focus on is uh, Nicholas Payne. If you want some more of Doctor Who stuff, then I also recommend The Hooniversals. Just those plugs. Just those plugs. Brilliant. No worries. Well, thank you very much, Nick. It's been great to have you. Um, we shall see you again on our travels in, in time and space, I'm sure. I'm, You're I'm sure officially I... part of the... 
the Doctor Who under review TARDIS crew now. So uh, yeah, welcome you. aboard. Um, thank you. We shall return next time with our review of the Keys of Marinus. Oh, that is a great uh, so, one. So yeah, we look forward to we look forward to seeing everybody back then. It's been an absolute pleasure. Until next time, I've been Tom. I've been Callum. Sorry. <laughs> and I've been Nick. And until next time, Alonzi. <laughs> Review.